Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Greater Good. This is a podcast that uh, is sponsored by the San Diego Harbor Police Foundation. And uh, based on my recommendation, I get to interview whomever I think is a really interesting person and does things that I consider to be applying to the greater good. And with me today, I have Dr. Stan Rodriguez. Uh, Stan, nice to meet you. Uh, I only briefly I was introduced to you uh, just a couple of weeks ago when you were awarded the Legend Award at Saquon Casino for your work uh, with the Indian Nations. And I was fascinated by one comment you made. It stuck with me and still does. When you got up and you said, I'm going to start with American and then switch to English. And I thought, that is profound. That that comment alone said, I got to get that guy on my show because I want to know a lot more about you. So welcome to my show. Oh, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. You bet. So why why did you make that comment and maybe clarify what you were doing when you said it? Sure. We need to go back and take a look at the history of us as Native people on this continent. And... I'll try to move fast so I can answer the question, but um, our people have been here since time immemorial. We have village sites that are under the Pacific Ocean. We have uh, fish trap sites that are in Imperial County where the desert is today. Mm -hmm. So we are no strangers to climate change. As we've continued our our history, our culture, everything is tied... um, into our language, or our songs, all these different things. And from um, Camp Pendleton all the way to about 150 miles south of Ensenada, mm. all this from the, uh, from the islands, the Coronado Islands, to the ocean, the valley, mountains, the desert, parts of the Colorado River and parts of the Sea of Cortez, or Kumeyaay territory that our people have gone to. Mm. So our people have endured three waves of encroachment. And the last wave, with the United States, uh, their policies on boarding schools, um, eradication of culture, language, and uh, the struggle to, uh, well, they did not honor their treaties that they made with us, right. and the creation of our reservations. Well, the the thing is, right now, uh, there's approximately 4,623 Kumya who reside on both sides of the border. Of that, uh, there's approximately 30 of us who still speak the language. Only 30. Only 30. So under the UNESCO, nine factors of language, vitality, and endangerment, 
by being stable, zero being extinct, the Kumeyaay language is listed as a one, which is critically endangered. So um, that's that's despicable, um, and 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 very unfortunate. But what what I'm more of a how do we get to yes person? Mm -hmm. So how how do we get to yes where your your culture can be sustainable and remain uh, you know vivid and alive within mm -hmm. America, which was all your land. Mm -hmm. The Americas was basically uh, not owned, but uh, reside you, you resided on this land that was taken from you uh, so how, how do we move forward what's what's the answer well one of the things that i would say and i'm going to tell a quick story about that is do education education of the masses <clears throat> um let me tell you a quick story when i was in ramona i was at stater brothers and i talked to my aunt on the phone i was talking to her in, in our native language yes and somebody tapped on my shoulder and was an older white woman. And she looked at me. I said, excuse me, can I help you? She pointed to the American flag. And she said, we're in America. You need to talk American. Oh, my gosh. So um, not to say that I used a bunch of F-bombs on her, but <laughs> I explained it to her. And after I was done venting on her yeah. and explained, she looked at me and she said, I just wanted to help and shook her head and walked away. So what that shows me is there, I mean, and, and we look at American policy, uh, which has been one of monolingualism, mm -hmm. of, you know, coming together, having one, just one culture. And I'll just say it. When we do that, when we do something like that, when we can, when we confine people to, to, submit and um, just become part of this, which is just like 250 years. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just a drop in the bucket. Right. What does that do to the people? What does that do? And the people as in, as your, in your, your, the not just the native people, but all people. What happens when there is no tolerance of other cultures, of other ways of doing things? We, you know, we, we, we lose this and people lose who they are inside. So mm -hmm. let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, what is your ethnic background? German, Irish. Uh-huh. So do you speak German? I do. All right. That's a, that's a big thing over here. How about Irish? Gaelic? <laughs> I don't think anybody can speak that language. Oh, there's people in Ireland. <laughs> of course. That do. Of course. It's so, a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. So the point I'm making, but you're the exception to the rule. I am. Most people that you meet out here, they can be very many different ethnic groups, but they only speak English. Well, my speaking of German had nothing to do with my Germanic upbringing. Uh, that had to do with where part of my adult life I spent in Germany when I was in the military. And so while I was there, I thought if you're going to be in that country, you might as well get along. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I I learned German and then I stayed with it for a number of years. But you know what you're saying, Stan, is something that happens universally with mm -hmm. so many discrepancies in the world, and it's a normalization of this behavior of people. And we see it the normalization in human trafficking. We see it in the normalization of drug use. We see it in the normalization of entitlement. Mm -hmm. We see it in the normalization of 
you know, everybody gets a prize for showing up, you know, approach to, to our worlds. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's a very, very challenging thing. And of course, the media, television, entertainment, uh, all of these uh, public factions, they just add, they just pile on sure. to, to how it, it's going to be unless unless you like you said you you vented on this woman rightfully so uh with or without the f-bombs you know whatever we're, yeah. we're all humans and so you know you have to stop it every day and i'm in the horse business my wife and i we have a horse business and we oh, really and and we do things what we call a cinch by the inch Mm -hmm. So if you know anything about horses, when you put a saddle on them, you cinch them up. Mm -hmm. And if you just yank on that cinch, you know, you're going to make the horse irritated. But if you do it gradually and slowly, then the horse will accommodate you and you have a partnership. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's what's required here with, <coughs> with this um, despicable behavior of people. And it's been like you said, it's only 250 years, but uh, it's been a pretty gruesome 250 years. Yes. And the things that you're talking about, like human trafficking, you know, drug trafficking, all these things, all these things play a part in dehumanizing others, you know, and it's easy to dehumanize a person of a different culture right. if, you know, you receive propaganda that, you know, that, you know, lets you know it's okay to do that. Validation. That it validates. And these right. are things that, you know, are so important on, you know, taking a look at, you know, um, you know, you've done work with, you know, drug interdiction, you know, human trafficking, things like that. And it's widespread. I mean, it's not just one place. It's happening all over as we speak. Right. And what is it going to take for people to wake up and see this is not how we treat our fellow human beings. This you know, person who's being trafficked could be the the sister or 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 daughter or son of one of us. Right. You know, the grandchild mm -hmm. of one of us. Would we want that to happen? Would we want them to, you know, have those things, you know, happen to them? No. But you know, sometimes it, it seems like this world has lost focus of their moral compass. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, I mean, uh, without getting into politics, because it's a no-win situation currently. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The moral compass seems to be uh, way off course. And mm -hmm. you're a former Navy veteran, yes. I believe. And so you're, you're familiar with compasses and, and bearing and headings and, and all of that. But it's a real tragedy. But the answer, it's really a very simple answer. The implementation of the answer is the challenge, yes. but the simple answer is awareness. Mm -hmm. And depending on how you create that awareness, I mean, there, you know, let's just take the horse analogy again. You know, if you, you can get a horse to do pretty much everything you want it to do. And depending on how you do that, you're going to have collaboration, mm -hmm. partnership, you know, what I call in the horse business, 49, 51%. It's not equal partners because there's a safety issue involved. Mm -hmm. But with human beings, you can approach things without the partnership, you know, roughshod, abusive behavior and whatnot. And you'll eventually you'll get the what it is that you're after, but you won't end up with a partnership or collaboration. So uh, steering back to you, I understand that you are a professor. Mm -hmm. 
and and you teach at the uh, the Kamehameha uh, Community College yes. and also at Cal State University San Marcos. And what what classes do you teach there? And I also teach at Cuyamaca Community College. Oh yeah. So I teach uh, classes in Kumeyaay language one, two, and three, Kumeyaay history one and two, <clears throat> Kumeyaay humanities, which is tool making one and two, with the big tule boats and things like that are created. Um, I also teach Native American uh, culture and language, uh, Native American communities, and I'm going to be teaching another class this spring at Cal State San Marcos, Native American activism. And we are mm. also looking at developing a course on uh, Kumeyaay um, uh, maritime culture and history. Mm. So these are some of the classes that we teach. You mentioned a boat. Mm -hmm. And you, what was the term for that boat? Hakwayo. Hakwayo, mm -hmm. and that's Kumeyaay for for a tule boat. A tule boat. Mm -hmm. Tell tell me what a tule boat is. Well, tule is a like a bulrush that grows in um, riparian areas where um, there's marshes, rivers, mm -hmm. things like that. So we go harvesting in the later summer, fall, and even early winter. Right. Um, we uh, cut them. We dry them. And we uh, uh, construct boats out of them. Mm. Now, the Spaniards, when they first came into the area, they remarked how they seen a bunch of crazy Indians on these grass boats hunting whales by the Coronado Island. <laughs> so our boats, uh, we can make them um, large enough for one person or large enough to hold over 20 people. Oh, my gosh. So um, this technology... <clears throat> Is excuse me. Sure, this technology had almost gone dormant. Uh, final remnants of people that were using were in Baja in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So, the international border cut our, our our nation in half, made things difficult to communicate with each other. But we still do. Uh -huh. So we revived that technology at Kumeyaay Community College, and now we're we're teaching how to make them, how to launch them, and this uh, past summer, August, we launched over 50 Thule boats over here by the Silver Strand. Good luck. So your classes are full up, I'm assuming. We, we can always use more people. Of course. But so you, you are the solution. You're creating that awareness that, you know, people, they, they raise their hand, well, what, what am I supposed to do about this big, huge elephant in the room? Mm -hmm. Well, but you're, you're taking a bite out of it one, one chew at a time. And that's, and that's how it gets done. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, people will start to recognize. Mm -hmm. It's just, and like this show, here's a good example. I'm not sure how many people listen to this, this program. Certainly they don't listen to me, but I, I bring, I, I do bring some fascinating people here like yourself. And so then they, they get to shout out, you know, their, their passion, their mission uh, in life. And, and that's how it gets done. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, nobody gets to tell us what we can say or we can't say here. You know, if, if we, if we drop too many inappropriate words and people won't listen anymore. But so, you know, we, we, we modulate and monitor ourselves and, and that's the trick, you know, because you, you're passionate, obviously it's, it's your life's work. I'm passionate about a lot of things that I do, my life's work. Um, and, and it's like, you know, anything that's a challenging topic, it depends on how you address it. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So if you come in, this is my way or the hard way, then people are going to just tune you out. So sure. um, just a, a quick story. I believe it was in the Netherlands uh, two years ago. They, they, they were trying to devise a mechanism to get people to talk to each other who had diverse backgrounds. So they mm-hmm. took they took 100 people of full spectrum, uh, hard, hardcore right people, hardcore left people, and then some in the middle. And they put them all in this gymnasium and they drew a line down the center of the gymnasium and they said, okay, everybody on the right-hand side of the line and then anyone who believes in love, go to the left side of the line. And so everyone walked over to the other side and they've been asked another softball question, you know, do you believe in family? And then do you believe in, you know, spaghetti and meatballs? You know, just whatever the question was, it was pretty much not, too many people that are going to fall out uh-huh. moving from one side of the room to the next. And then they increased the questions and they got a little more specific about people's positions in the world and life and whatnot. But for the most part, most of the groups stayed in unison. Mm-hmm. And they did that for something like six Saturdays in a row. And by the end of those six Saturdays, they terminated the experiment and a lot of the people started talking to the people that six weeks prior to that they were vehemently opposed to. And then they went back uh, a year later and they just talked to all of those hundred people to find out where they were. Ended up that a good portion of those people were still friends with their former adversaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it was all in the way that they approached it and they found commonality first. And so, you know, that's that's what I do on this show. I I I I never look at people's bios. I don't really know much about them prior to the time they get here, and I just find ways to kind of get them to reveal to me who they are and what their passions are, and then work around it. So you're like the catalyst. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good good phrase. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you are as well. <clears throat> I mean, okay. I heard I heard what. Uh, what Cody Martinez has, uh, Chairman Martinez has had mm-hmm. to say about you. I listened to what was announced up on the stadium, uh, up on the stage when you were receiving the Legacy Award, which was um, amazing. Well, History is really uh, impressive, uh, and and you appear to be such a humble man. And so that that helps. That helps a lot. You know, if you go in the room as a barnstormer, chances are you're you're going to get kicked out of the room pretty soon. So I think you're on the right path already. Oh well, thank you very much. And <clears throat> you know, I, I just wanted to say that um, when I was talking about, you know, asking you about how many languages you speak, and the vast majority of people don't speak their own native languages. Right. <clears throat> There's a reason for that. What happened to us happened to them. Right. And it's hard to be able to come to another group with empathy if they've had the same wounds happen to them. Mm-hmm. And I've heard in this country we talk about building a uh, uh, climate of tolerance. But even hearing that term, that denotes negativity. Like, I tolerate right. this, you know, right. mosquito thing. But to be able to develop a climate of celebration of diversity, mm-hmm. that's when we all learn from each other. Yes, That's when we all grow especially when the culture like yours is just so marvelously colorful. It's got 
such tradition and values that are hard to believe that people wouldn't want to know about it. I mean, you know, just their respect for the land. I mean, if your nations <clears throat> still owned this real estate that we're talking about, the Americas, I, I doubt very seriously we would have all the pollution and all of the issues that we're dealing with because you respected what, what, what you had uh, available to you uh, versus what uh, the Europeans did when they, when they showed up here. You know, Jeff, it, you know, that is an example of, uh, how would you say, native epistemology or organic science right. that has been discounted. Yeah. But this has been created over thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, and it works for this land. Right. So when they, you know, the Europeans brought in their ways of farming, their ways of doing things, one of the things that we're seeing is we're creating ecological deserts. Right. We're also uh, uh, creating climate change by loss of uh, the riparian areas. There's, you know, the wells you have to drill farther and farther down. It's not giving it time to recharge. Right. So these hmm. are things that all people could learn. If you take a look at native science that has been developed in those specific areas for thousands upon thousands of years, there's things that we can learn from each other. Yeah. Well, and, and here again, your philosophy, when I say your, I'm talking about the Indian nations, the world is, is very, very slowly trickling back toward those things. So we look mm -hmm. at what are the solutions for climate change uh, that are being presented today? You have wind, things that your people used. Mm -hmm. You have sun, which are things that your people used. You have you know, these approaches to the way buildings are built uh, that all came from, not all, but a major portion of it came from what was already existed in your culture for thousands of years. So there is a very slow trickle, you know, that, that's moving back in that direction. But without people like you uh, and, and others that, that teach, you know, the, um, the language that teach the culture, to, to, because it is stimulating. It, it, I, I'm, I'm going to go take your class, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to having you. Yeah, you All just right. tell me which one to start at because, you know, I know nothing. So I'm, I'll be beginner number six, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's like that cinching of the horse that you talked about. Right. You know, it's not just one time you cinch it. Right. After it starts <laughs> breathing more, you know, you may have to go back and check again and recinch it. Right. So it's not a one-time thing. Just it's 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 a constant thing that we do. That's right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to make this a horse show, but <laughs> well, we got to talk about horses later on. We can talk about horses later on. Sounds but, good. But uh, you're absolutely right. You have to revalidate. You know, did did I did I put too much pressure? Uh, as a result of it, the behavior that I was seeking didn't occur. And it's just like that with humans, you know, uh, but, but you have to take the time that it takes. I mean, I, when I teach people about horses and their behavior, it's all, it's, it's natural. They're, for instance, I compete on my horse in ranch work on my horse and all the people that I compete against, you know, they've got bits in the horse's mouth and all of these uh, apparatus to control the animal, and they always laugh at me until I win. And I, I ride my horse in a, in a hackamore, 
a bosal, so there's nothing in the horse's mouth. Really? <clears throat> yeah. It's impressive. And and he's an amazing animal. And it's because he didn't come that way, but you know, with with that partnership that we created, uh, we adapted, and now he he's he's a champion horse as a result of it. So, you know, it's the same with people. So if you, if you shackle them, like what happened to the American Indians, you shackled, uh, we shackled them. Uh, we gave you disease. We gave you all kinds of things that were impediments to your own survival. And then we stole everything from you and moved you to the worst places that humans could find. Uh, but, but, you know, here again, there's some payback, uh, and I celebrate every single casino in America because, you know, all of a sudden these uh, desperately poor people that, that we created are getting a chance to start earning very good money and, and, and look what they do with it. They contribute to other tribes. Uh, uh, Chairman Martinez told me that his, his, his group, his tribe, they, they support all the other tribes in San Diego and the whole Imperial area that are less fortunate, that don't have a casino or a hotel. And so, you know, that, that sort of partnership, that's how it works. And that, that is something that um, I think uh, a lot of people struggle with, you know, like BC, before casinos, people <laughs> would, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't even realize that there were native people here in San Diego when San Diego has more reservations than any other county in the country. Yeah. We have 18 reservations. Yeah, here. I know. But about half of the tribes here in San Diego do not have casinos. Right. So live in abject poverty. And some people see the ones that do have casinos, they say, well, you know, look, they're all doing good. That's not true. But, you know, they're making a way. And for the ones who don't have, it is... A, it is imperative that start working on developing that economic engine mm -hmm. so that we can, we can become uh, uh, sustainable. Right. Because you are correct. They pushed us on land that nobody else wanted. Right. And <clears throat> this is something that, you know, uh, problems that, that we have on in our communities could be lack of water, um, right. lack of resources, things like that. Yeah. You know, uh, my foundation, we've created this very robust awareness program on human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And so we go out to the casinos uh, and, and teach uh, their workers, the managers and the employees about awareness. And, and I was surprised. So one of the uh, reservations we went to was Hamul. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I got to meet Chairman Pinto. We had a you know, convivial, wonderful afternoon together. And then she told me that their entire reservation is six acres. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just slack jawed. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, you have this vision of these reservations being thousands of acres and miles and you know, desolate, you know, without any uh, resources. But nonetheless, I had this expectation that that whole valley out there was owned by that yeah. reservation. And they've been battling for the last, you know, 50 years just to get a few more acres. They so, have. So they can, uh, and, and apparently they did get I think, four or five acres. So now they're going to build a hotel and that'll catapult them into a, uh, a, a larger economic uh, strata. Mm -hmm. 
And the only way they could do that was by developing revenues from their economic engine. Right. And, you know, that's a great example. Hamul, you know, six acres, you know, um, there's people out there that own 10 acres, 20 acres, twice yeah. as large as a reservation. <laughs> right. And um, when they made their casino, they had to go down right. for the for the parking lot because they didn't have it. And, and they were able to do it. Yeah. And they're able to sustain it. So, I mean, my hat's off to them. Yeah. No, they're doing a great job. And, and uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a pleasure to watch it happening. It's, mm -hmm. it's always, you know, uh, a century too late. And, you know, I'm, I'm always pushing for, let's get to yes. How, how do we get to, to the place where we, where we want to be? Um, so I have to rein myself in. Here we go again with these horse terms. Uh, <laughs> to work with what I believe is going to, going to work. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it takes time. So tell me, what do you do when you're not preaching the gospel? <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm not preaching gospels, but, um, <laughs> doing work, um, uh, when I'm not teaching classes or, um, um, going to meetings or uh, collecting materials or uh, tribal council work. I, uh, I'm i either at Starbucks or I'm asleep. <laughs> so that's about it. Uh, pretty much activities. I think teaching. you sound like a very busy guy. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. But so. that's good. And I'm so, so happy you were able to find time to come all the way here to uh, Attorney King Studios here in beautiful Coronado. And this was your prop. This was your land. Yes. Yes. Yeah. As one a matter of the, fact, one of the villages that was moved off of the silver strand, it was like in the 1920s hmm. and um, they weren't given a reservation. They were just ejected. Oh my. Told to walk. And that happened with a lot of communities out here in the Bay in this area. Yeah. So there's some of the things that happened that, um, People don't know the, the real history of San Diego. You know, when you talk about the history of San Diego, when did they say it was founded? I don't know. 1769. Okay. And that's when they put the first mission. And they have all these um, pictures, posters, showing the benevolent uh, padres and the, oh, yeah. the, you know, the, the native people who are acquiescing to, you know, becoming Christians. They don't talk about that mission was attacked three months after it was built or that the mission in San Diego was attacked, burned to the ground on November 5th, 1775. Father Jaime and two other were, were executed for crimes against uh, the Kumeyaay people. So this was going on all over the place. This is a part of history that has not been talked about. Well, you, you can't really know what the true history is. Uh, for, let's just keep it to the Americas. Sure. And unless you, you know, like maybe you read Howard Zinn's book on the people's history of the United States that gives us sort of a, just a small portion mm -hmm. that's fairly well researched, you know, about what it was really like, as opposed to what's taught in school. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if there's <laughs> that manipulation through force and coercion and, you know, strong-willed teachers, uh, then that's all people know. And that's, and you know, once they have it in their brain, they don't want to know anything else. Mm -hmm. Let's just move on to the next, you know, shiny object. And, and that is so true. And we put 
so much into the education system, we expect for them to tell the truth. Right. We expect for what they teach us is going to be correct. And it's not. No. Many times it's not. No. That's no. a problem. It's a huge problem, and we're seeing it where you know books are being banned, uh, education is being uh, handcuffed mm -hmm. uh, by you know local authorities and the public uh, because they just they don't they don't want to know the truth or they don't believe the truth or the truth, you know they don't want to be set free mm. by by the truth, and so yeah. it's frightening. It is, mm -hmm. but you know. I, if, from my personal perspective, I don't get frightened by those things. I just say, well, all right, well, what can I do as one person to talk about or convince people to see the, not my position, mm -hmm. but the factual issue at hand. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's exactly what you do for a living. That that's you, that's you, you, you are, you are the tip of the spear, my friend. And, uh, don't please don't ever forget that because uh, it, it may feel like it's a daunting task just because maybe you only have 25 students at a time. But mm -hmm. those 25 students, I guarantee I've never taken your class, but I just in talking to you, I know they walked away with something that's going to they're going to carry with them for the rest of their lives, irrespective of whether they come uh, as a Native American or just some European white guy. Uh, you know, who, who wants to take their your class because they want to learn, uh, they're going to come away knowing something. And so then those people, they're going to spread that word and they're going to correct someone. Maybe that woman in Ramona that tapped you on the shoulder in her racist way and said, this is America, you're going to speak. She didn't say American because she doesn't know what American is. You were speaking American and she, she didn't know what that language is. So, so you frightened her. Yes. You threatened her. Yes. Not, not verbally or actually, but you threatened her by speaking. Her value system. Her values. that's correct. Yes. And, you know, one of the things I've got to say, that classes at Kumeyaay Community College are open to natives and non-natives. Everybody is welcome to come and take classes. They're accredited. Uh, you can receive an accredited associate's degree. Uh, it's through an MOU with Cuyamaca uh, uh, Community College, and right. they're transferable to the Cal State or UC system. That's wonderful. So if I want to take a class, uh, how would I go about doing that? One, one of your classes. You would contact Cuyamaca Community College and tell them you want to take Kumeyaay Studies classes and you'll get registered, you'll get enrolled and registered and we'll start you off in the spring. Outstanding. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us today. I mean, I, I learned a lot. I was so excited when Sarah... She, she made me put you on the show, by the way. Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah. She said, I don't care. You have to wrap up your year by having Dr. Rodriguez on your show because he's amazing. And, and I never disagree with Sarah. So uh, what, a, what a treat to, to get to know you. And I, I hope this is the beginning of a continual relationship because there's so much I need to learn mm -hmm. as a person. And then I'm, I guarantee you, I'll put it out there. So I don't care, you know, if they want to listen to me or not, they're going to hear it. So. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. And maybe later on, we'll do some horseback riding together. Oh, my goodness. Well, I just happen to know something about that. Have All right. I'm have, looking forward to that. Have a few horses you can play with. Okay. Uh, well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. I hope you push it out there. Uh, like us on, on social media. 
this uh, this show, The Greater Good, is on pretty much all the podcast platforms. IQ Podcast is where you can go to find them. And thank you all very, very much for being here today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.